Good afternoon and welcome to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin. So I'm joined in studio today again now by Emily Barton, our film and movie expert. You're very welcome, Emily. Thanks, Maeve. So now tell us, what have you got for us today? I have lots for you today. I have lots of film recommendations and TV recommendations, both on the big screen. I have a Netflix pick and I have some lighter stuff on the RTE player worth checking out so I'm going to go from dark in darkness into the light lovely uh, I think we I think it's no harm to end on a light note particularly with all the uh, all the stuff around Brexit and the doom and gloom that we're surrounded by so I'll start I'll get, I'll get the dark stuff and the, the spooky stuff out of the way first and then we'll we'll end on a light, light note so I suppose first up I'm going to talk about films coming out this month on the big screen and I'm a massive lover of scary movies and I've been highly anticipating this film. It's a sequel to a very, very, very scary film called It. Uh, It is a film, uh, but there was a TV movie in 1990 that came out called It and it was based on a a, um, Stephen King novel. And in 2017 uh, a new sort of new modern version of the film came out and this month It Chapter 2 is coming to the big screen which I'm super excited about I've been watching horror movies and scary movies probably from far too young an age Um, and I think you either go one way or the other when you watch scary films um, but I sort of have that sort of morbid fascination of loving the kick out of the scary and uh, I've I started I think the the first scary movie I saw which I think is my most I think it's the most scariest film even to this day is The Exorcist oh yes I remember it I read the book actually I don't I never saw I, w- I wouldn't go to see the film after reading the book it was absolutely terrifying the film is so terrifying now it doesn't help that when I watched it for the first time I was about 11 I was far too young to watch it, but I had two older brothers. Um, so they, I remember they came home with a video uh, of The Exorcist and they were watching it and they're like, you have to get out of here. You're not allowed to watch this. And I was like, I want to see it. So I had my friends over for a sleepover and I remember stealing the video and we put it on and I didn't sleep for a week mm-hmm. and I like I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't go to the loo on my own like mm-hmm. I needed somebody to like walk me mm-hmm. to the door and wait for me yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't want to be on my own in case something came and possessed me it I was really freaky I couldn't sleep with the light off for about a week after but when that film came out in the cinemas in Dublin there were ambulances outside the cinemas ready to take people who couldn't cope <laughs> Yes. It, it was shocking and the fact mm. that they were marketing it around the book and the fact that it was based on a true story and if you're in any way superstitious or if you have any sort of belief system around the possibility of other worlds and demons and possession it's really harrowing film and uh, so funnily enough the, the, the film following The Exorcist amazingly despite the fact that I was totally freaked out from it I wanted to keep watching horror movies. Uh, I don't know what that is, uh, what what it is about the human psyche. You know, you either you love them or hate them. But it was the was the film that came. Out. It was a TV miniseries that came out in uh, 1990. Tim Curry played the the villain Pennywise the clown, and that scared the absolute bejesus out of me. Uh, so when they made a sort of a modern version of the film in 2017, I left the chance of going and it is a really, really, really good film. So for anybody who doesn't know Stephen King's book, who didn't see the 1990 TV miniseries and who didn't see the first 
chapter one, I suppose, of it. Um, the story is basically it's a supernatural horror. I mean, it's Stephen King, so horror and Stephen King are quite synonymous. So it tells the story of seven children uh, living in Derry in Maine, in America, uh, and they're all terrorised by this evil entity who takes on different forms, but mainly he's seen as Pennywise, this evil, creepy, crawly, scary clown. Um, I guess the clown being that for, for children, unless you have a massive fear of clowns children generally would be drawn to clowns um, and then what really what he does is he plays on their fears so he um, c- appears in different forms as their worst fear and their worst nightmare so you have seven kids in the gang uh, and they're called the losers club and they are slow, slowly introduced to Pennywise and people start disappearing and things start getting creepier and creepier and just to give you a feeling for the creepiness of Pennywise. I have a quick clip here, which is from the start of the first film, uh, it from 2017, and this is where Georgie, a little boy, meets Pennywise. Hiya, Georgie. What a nice boat. Do you want it back? Um, yes, please. You look like a nice boy. I bet you have a lot of friends. Three. Oh, my brother's my best ass. Where is he? In bed. Sick. I bet I could cheer him up. I'll give him a balloon. Do you want a balloon too, Georgie? I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. Oh, well, I'm Pennywise the dancing clown. Pennywise? Yes, meet Georgie. Georgie, meet Pennywise. <laughs> How we aren't strangers, are we? It's so creepy. <laughs> it, uh, there, there's there's multiple layers of creepiness there because anyway, it just he sounds creepy, but also that that idea of you know Georgie says to himself, "I'm not supposed to talk to strangers," and he's there saying, "You know, I'll give I'll give I'll give you a balloon." <laughs> it's just really like, "Run away, Georgie! Run away! <laughs> Don't go near him!" Um, so I and I and I won't give anything away. Any fans of it know what happens, so uh, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody who may not have seen it and might be interested in it if you like a horror film. So this clip was from the 2017 uh, remake, the, the Ish Chapter One, and Pennywise uh, is played by Bill Sarsgaard. So Stellan Sarsgaard, we probably know from a lot of films, the Swedish actor is his father, and he was in Chernobyl there recently. So Bill Sarsgaard is one of his many sons and one of his many children who are in the acting world. So Bill Sarsgaard. Pl- Bill Sarsgaard plays Pennywise and what's great is chapter two is now coming out this month and where chapter two picks up is 27 years later so Pennywise is this sort of demon who appears every 27 years to wreak havoc and and uh, to take some souls with him uh, into the drain pipes under the town so 27 years later is where we're going to be picking up with with the losers club um and the the kids are all grown up so it's we're going to have a mix of the kids losers club as adults which is are played by a fantastic cast and then also some flashbacks of the kids from the first movie as well so the, you're you're going to have the present and the past the adults who are coming in to play the the adult versions of Loser Cl- the Losers Club, uh, you've Jessica Chastain, who's a fantastic actress playing Beverly, James McAvoy, 
Uh, Bill Sarsgaard, as I mentioned, as Pennywise. Bill Hader, who's generally known as a comedian and from Saturday Night Live and uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and uh, Superbad and a load of other comedies. So it's quite unusual that he's in sort of a scary movie. Uh, but he plays Richie. Uh, Isaiah Mustafa and then you have uh, James Ransone as Eddie. So we have a really, really good cast in the second uh, chapter coming out, uh, which so for me, actually, I'm re- even more excited to go and see it because uh, you know it's going to be held up by some good performances uh, with this I suppose again the focus is Pennywise is the villain and Bill Sarsgaard is picking up his mantle as Pennywise uh, what I love about this Bill Sarsgaard not unlike his father Stellan he's an inc- he is an incredible actor in his own right he's relatively at the beginning of his career and to prepare for Pennywise he did a load of research and like that went back to loads of scary movies beforehand to try to find influences. He didn't want to make, copy Tim Curry's Pennywise from 1990. So he kind of went back and researched The Shining and Clockwork Orange and Silence of the Lambs to get some inspiration for his his Pennywise. Uh, and he was so creepy that in the first film, in chapter one, when they were filming, he wasn't allowed anywhere near the kids. He wasn't allowed to socialise with them or, you know, backstage that they had to eat separately and hang out separately so that when he was on screen and when they were filming the the, the kind of interactions between the kids and him, that the kids' reactions were real, that they were totally freaked out by him, that they didn't see him as their friend Bill dressed as a character, that they only knew him as this really creepy, scary clown so their reactions were quite um were quite quite real feeling and to add to that he has to wear these prosthetic teeth in the film and in a couple of the scenes uh, well he's to wear he has multiple prosthetic teeth but at his standard ones um they were making him drool uh and you'd usually think okay how do we solve this problem but actually the director said no i want you to d- I'm going to allow you to drool because it's adding to that sort of ravenous, ferocious kind of side of the character. So I kind of I kind of like stuff like that when they kind of things seem to happen and they keep it in because it works for the character. So this second chapter is directed by um, Andy Machete, um, who uh, is a really cool director. He hasn't done a huge amount of stuff, but uh, this is this is going to be really, 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 really scary if you fancy a scary movie. Now, if you haven't seen the first one, or if you have, and you're super excited like me to see the second one, uh, their Lighthouse Cinema is doing a double bill. So it's the... Chapter 2 is coming out for release, general release on the 6th of September. But the Lighthouse Cinema is doing a double bill on the 5th of September at 7 o'clock. So you can go and you can watch Chapter 1 and then immediately afterwards watch Chapter 2. So you can watch the full succession of of the two movies back to back, which is something that I plan on doing. I think a couple of other cinemas are doing it as well over the course of the first two weeks that it comes out. So if if you fancy sort of a double bill horror fest, I highly recommend that you check that out. I think that's a really good idea on the cinema's part to do that. So do they call the first one Chapter 1 or it's just called It and the second one is called Chapter 2? It's It, Chapter 1, I think, and It, Chapter Uh 2. 
And Emily, is this where all this stuff about scary clowns came from in America? Because there was a whole kind of space of people dressing up as clowns, wasn't there? And hiding in woods and things like this and frightening people. Yeah, there has. And, and certainly like, you know, since on, on YouTube, you all these sort of videos, viral videos of people jumping out of um, out of dark spaces, freaking people out and videoing it for others' entertainment. Yeah, dressed as clowns. Dressed as clowns. I don't know. I mean... Stephen King, I think, had the inspiration for this character because he himself was totally freaked out by clowns. And I think he draws a lot of inspiration from things that the experiences he had as a kid I know one of the ways that he used to kind of get inspiration for writing scary stories is he used to lock himself away in remote locations with and in, sit in the dark and totally freak himself out um, I imagine I mean I don't think you know 1980s was the first time that anyone felt like clowns were creepy I think maybe at some stage you know earlier on I'm sure that there were kids that were totally freaked out by it but well, there is a word for fear help. of clowns some kind of phobia there is actually a word for oh that. I can well believe it yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this certainly didn't help that and I think probably if that was pre-existing I'd say this film was you know just added to it I mean it was kind of a genius concept uh, and it is the sort of the predominant film that people think of when you think of a scary clown you think of it um, um, but these new movies are really well done like the cast the the kids the cast of the kids are really really good and the cast of the adults are really really good um, one of the kids that are in it and I can't think of his name off the top of my head but he was in Stranger Things as well which was a Netflix TV show uh, so he's kind of well recognised and they brought the kids back as I say for chapter two so you you know if you really enjoyed watching them as a kid as kids and, and, and their interactions you have those flashbacks which also helps when you now in chapter two have uh, Jessica Chastain and James McAvoy as the grown up versions and you get to kind of have the flashbacks to align the two characters and, and understand where, where they're coming from um, so it's I'm really excited about it as I say if you're a horror fan I highly recommend it The Lighthouse and a number of other cinemas are doing double bills so check it out if you fancy a horror okay. fest it'll be on general release from the 6th of September yes very good Okay, great. So now before the break, anything else you want to mention, Emily? Um, I won't start an, uh, the next thing just yet, but I do have a really funny song to recommend that we listen to now. Um, because although this is a horror movie, there are some really fun comedic moments in it. And one of the characters of the Losers Clubs has a guilty secret and that he's a massive fan of New Kids on the Block, which is really funny. So uh, the first song I have is uh, You Got It, The Right Stuff by New Kids on the Block.
Community Radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. Could you and your dog spend one hour per week bringing special moments to people in care centres? Or would you like one of our volunteer visiting teams to come and visit your care centre? At Irish Therapy Dogs, we have a dedicated interest in the use of pet therapy for people in long-term or daily residential care. A professional organisation aimed at providing a pet therapy service on a national basis. If you with your dog would like to get involved or if you would like one of our visiting teams to visit your care centre, then please call us on 01544-6198 or visit irishtherapydogs.ie for more information. Do you need a professional-looking website or graphics for your company? Does your current website work on all modern devices such as tablets and smartphones? If not, you are losing business. Preamp Digital Media provides a full range of solutions to give your company the edge in today's digital world. Please visit www.preampdigitalmedia.com for all the information you need. That's www.preampdigitalmedia.com I've always provided. That's what I do. Even when the job shut down, I somehow managed. But the pressure chips away at your confidence. I felt alone. I needed to talk things out. I learned Samaritans isn't just for when you hit rock bottom. I'm glad I called. It's always worth getting problems big and not so big off your chest. Call Samaritans. No pressure, no judgement. We're here for you. Anytime, talk to us. Free call 116123 or go to samaritans.ie Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9 This is Dublin South FM so welcome back now to Wellbeing for Everyday Life. And now you're going to tell us about the new Downton Abbey movie. Yes. Yeah, so uh, changing the tone slightly from uh, it and all the scary stuff that goes along with that. For any fans of the Downton Abbey series, I'm sure you will have heard by now that they've made the Downton Abbey film, which the entire cast have returned for. So again, it's written by Julian Fellows, who wrote the new TV show, and starring Hugh Bonneville as Lord Grantham and Elizabeth McGovern as Lady Grantham and the amazing Maggie Smith. 
for me, Maggie Smith is the only reason that I watch this show. I mean, I did love the first season, but she she kept me going throughout throughout it. And Michelle Dockery's Lady Mary. So the cast are returning. And the premise of the film is it picks up in 1927. And really the focus of it is on a royal visit to Downton Abbey uh, by King George V and Queen Mary. So this is really for, it's for Downton Abbey fans. It's for fan people who love this sort of upstairs, downstairs period, um, period pieces. Uh, I, I have it on, on, on good authority that it is supposed to be quite good. And you, you have a fantastic cast. You have a fantastic writer. It, uh, and even better, if you're really excited to go and see Downton Abbey and you want to go and see it, I highly recommend that what a location worth seeing it in, a very fitting location, is the Stella Theatre in Rathmines. And I always talk about Stella because I love it. Um, it's a luxury cinema. It's an experience in its own right. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's an Art Deco style uh, theatre that's been renovated in recent, in the last couple of years. And I just think it's the perfect place to go and see the Downton movie. So that's going to be out on the 13th of September. So from the 13th of September on, you'll be able to go and see the the Downton Abbey film. Uh, and uh, as I say, Stella Theatre, I think, is the place to go and see it. It is a little bit more expensive, we should say. It's about 19 euros a ticket, although it might be cheaper if you buy online. But like it is different. It is something unique. It's a unique experience to go to the Stella. It's Yeah, I mean, it's really an experiential an experience experiential film film um, venue venue so yes Downton is going to be on general release in all the cinemas um, but if you're willing to pay the extra few euro I would highly recommend Stella because you do you, you, you get the experience with it and I suppose it, it's sort of in keeping with sort of the, the tone and the ambiance the, the ambiance the, and the romance of, of, of the Downton Abbey film so I suppose uh, I can't uh, reiterate enough I mean Maggie Smith is an incredible actress and she's just her character the Dowager Countess in Downton Abbey is uh, golden uh, so in her honour I just have a quick clip here just to remind us all of her uh, awesome one-liners I'm very sorry about poor Patrick of course he was a nice boy we were all so fond of him but I never cared for James he was too like his mother and a nastier woman never drew breath Mama, may I present Matthew Crawley and Mrs. Crawley, my mother, Lady Grantham. What should we call each other? Well, we could always start with Mrs. Crawley and Lady Grantham. She just has these absolute gems. Very dry. <laughs> very, very dry. Mm. I, they save all the best lines for her. They're they're so good. So, uh, and and she returns and she's back on form as as the Dowager Countess uh, for the film. Now, I would say. For people who love love Downton Abbey and Upstairs Downstairs, as I mentioned, Julian Fellows wrote Downton Abbey, but he also wrote Gosford Park, the film Gosford Park, which came out in two thousand and one, um, and that may be familiar to some people, others may perhaps not. It was directed by Robert Altman. Uh, it won an Oscar for its screenwriting. It's an incredible film. I highly recommend it. If this if this is your thing, if you love the sort of old school, um, old old British uh, period drama. 
period really drama. Mm-hmm. Completely. Uh, Gosford Park is a, is a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's full of English acting royalty. You have uh, Maggie Smith is, is in that as well. Charles Dance, Stephen Fry, Michael Gambon, Richard E. Grant, Helen Mirren, Emily Watson. So the list goes on. There is a massive cast in Gosford Park. Uh, and that film is, is set in 1932 around a week, weekend shooting party where a murder occurs after a dinner party and it follows the investigation from the perspective of the upstairs uh, the upstairs people and, and then the downstairs staff so it's sort of a murder mystery sort of Hercule Poirot type of, of, of an, a film again written by Julian Fellows it's a fantastic film so if uh, if you fancy kind of going back into the archives I highly recommend that you watch Gosford Park if you've, if you've missed it it's really really good and can I just mention in this vein The Remains of the Day which to me was just an extraordinary film with uh, Emma Thompson and uh, Anthony Hopkins and Hugh Grant and James Fox, Merchant Ivory movie. Really extraordinary film as well from a long time ago now. That's fantastic. And I think Han Howard's End came out, I think, not long after that as well. Merchant Ivory films are, are stunning. They're really mm-hmm. stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, but the performances in this were just unique, I thought. Incredible. I think Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson may have gotten nods for that. I would imagine so, if, yes. Yeah, if mem- yes. memory serves me. Uh-huh. Um, Oscars nods, you mean. Oscar nods, yes. yes. So, yes. Um, yeah, look, there and there's so much stuff out there. Um, Julian Fellows is a fantastic writer. He's written loads of books as well, again, sort of poking fun at the aristocracy as well as, as uh, celebrating them. So um, certainly check out some more of his stuff. I, I wrote, read a book there recently, um, um, uh, called Snobs that he wrote and it is so funny it is just a laugh er- mm. on every page and written by Julian Fellows it's really really good um, so yeah no, I'm really excited about that definitely go and see it in the Stella if you're willing to fa- mm-hmm. to, to pay the few extra shekels yes, um, the Downton Abbey movie opening it's opening from the 13th of September great okay. so moving on to Netflix um, I was trying. I was trying to have a think about what would be a good Netflix film to recommend because there's regu- lots of regular stuff coming out. There's a lot of sort of blink and you miss it, and unless you're sort of on it all the time, it can be easy to miss things. So I got a little bit of inspiration. I'll be kind of sadly, I got inspiration from the fires that are burn- currently burning in the Amazon, which is really quite um, harrowing and scary to think about but it actually made me think of this film that I I saw it about a year ago on Netflix I've checked it's still on Netflix it's really really good Um, and what also inspired me about this film was I read something recently, I don't know if you read heard this, that um, Canada, I think, offered $20 million to the Brazilian government to help them in fighting the fires. And Brazil said, no, thanks. Thanks very much, but no, thank you. Um, and I, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of politics going on there, which is pretty scary considering we, we our planet and all of us rely so heavily on it. But anyway, I won't, I won't go down on that tangent. But the film I'm, I was sort of, I, I, it made me think of was Only the Brave, uh, which came out in 2017. It's directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who would have directed Tron Legacy and Oblivion, which are kind of two action films. It, this is a really powerful, beautiful film. Um, it's it's based on a true story, which makes it even more powerful, and it has an incredible cast. So you have Josh Brolin, Miles Teller, Jeff Bridges, Jennifer Connelly, Taylor Kitsch, and Andy McDowell. 
So this film is based on a true story of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, who were a group of elite firefighters who risked everything. They put their life on the line to protect a town from this historic wildfire that took place in 2013 in Arizona. Um, it's it's really quite freaky um, when you see it. You, you're following this group of guys who are literally on the front line fighting these ginormous forest fires. Really freaky. And even more so the fact that they are, um, that this particular film is based on a true story. So Josh Brolin, for example, is playing the superintendent of the fire and rescue team, Eric Marsh, who was a real person. And um, Jeff Bridges, an amazing actor, is playing Dwayne, who's the city fire chief. So they're sort of coming together to put an elite team together to in, in preparation for I suppose the the summer season and for fires that are going to be breaking out. And um, so I have a clip here that uh, you have Josh Brolin playing Eric Marsh, who is training the new recruits and is kind of giving them a bit of a pep talk and and just I suppose reiterating how serious this this job vocation is. All you rookies that are just coming on a slide contenders I want y'all to breathe in this beautiful vista breathe it in deeply because after y'all get baptized you're never going to be able to look out into the wilds and see that pure beauty again once you get a real hard taste of the bitch at work there's only one thing you're going to be able to see and that's fuel so think about that. Meditate on it. Then decide if this job is for you. Very dramatic. There, yeah, you can kind of hear the the music. It's very Jerry Bruckheimer esque music. There, sort of reminded me of Con Air a little bit. Um, but it, it is. It's a really, really. Like it's an entertaining film, but it's also quite very harrowing and hard hitting. Now, I don't want to tell you what happened. It is based on a true story, so you can very easily find out what happened in this film. But I, I'd rather not because I I knew it was based on a true story, but I didn't know myself the event, so I just watched the movie and um, kind of shaken to my core, to be honest. By by the end of it, uh, you have um, er- Eric actually comes up against the mayor quite a lot in trying to prioritize these recruits. Um, because what they're doing is so serious and each sort of county has their own group of sort of hotshots firefighters who are, are, are focused on the front line and there's actually a quote which kind of in the film which kind of freaked me out a little bit which is where Eric says the mayor will only move for two things greed and fear okay says so a bit of an echo in what we're dealing with at the moment in Brazil then and all around the world of course these fires yeah it's really really scary and you know it's exhausting trying to keep up with all the politics and you know the right thing isn't always necessarily the first thing that's done and it's certainly not always the priority so there's something just really lovely about this film in that it's focusing on these really brave really amazing guys who put their life on the line to keep their town safe um, it's very it's a very exciting film and uh, the director Joseph Kaczynski he is very good at sort of building that tension and that sort of 
excitement whilst also telling a really, really good story. And he is also directing the new Top Gun movie that's coming out, Top Gun Maverick, that's coming out in 2020. Um, he And he seems to be working with a lot of the same actors. So he would have directed Jeff Bridges, who's in this film, Only the Brave. He would have directed him in Tron Legacy. He directed Oblivion, which was an action movie with Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise is obviously Maverick from Top Gun. And Jennifer Connelly is also in Only the Brave. And she will also be taking part in the new Top Gun film. So, And Miles Teller as well. Um, so John tends to work with actors that he's worked with before and that he likes. And these are really good actors as well. So um, some some good sort of good entertainment, but... Um, this film is pretty it's it's sort of one of those ones that it's a small story and yet so it kind of feels like it was swept under the carpet a little bit it didn't have as big a release as many other films and yet it's it's a beautiful story well told often they're the most powerful ones in my experience with the human story and at the heart of it oh 100% and it's sort of it's similar to the film Lone Survivor that came out a couple of years ago again Taylor Kitsch uh, is in that and Mark Wahlberg uh, about uh, these American soldiers that went over to Afghanistan and they end up being completely like inundated by in a firefight and barely get out alive you know and it's and again it's a true story so it's just sort of on the edge of your seat stuff and there is something about there's a a, a fine a fine sort of line when you're talking when you're doing a movie based on a true story because you can do it justice you can do it an awful lot of harm and you have to keep your audience entertained but you also want to do justice to the people's whose story you're telling Uh, and I think only the brave is quite a good quite a good um, you know version of, of a film that is fairly true and honourable to the story like uh, Jennifer Connelly for example she plays Amanda uh, Eric Marsh's wife long suffering wife and totally you know every time he goes out to fight fire she's having to deal with the fact that he might com- not come home but her character in the film, she was actually wearing um, the boots of, of of the real Amanda Marsh. You know, they, they they spent a lot of time with the people that they were playing. They got to know them. They bonded, you know, and that, I think, says a lot, speaks volumes because it's showing that they wanted to tell the story. You know, they wanted to do justice to the story while also making an entertaining film, but also do justice to their mm-hmm. story. So, okay. you know, it's good. <laughs> OK, so that's on Netflix that's on Netflix and it's called Only the Brave Only the Brave Only the Brave okay fantastic so now before the break did you want to start on something else Emily or did you want to go to your next piece of music oh I think we'll go to another piece of music I have a nice upbeat one now so to slowly move us away from from the scare, scary things and the hor- hor- horrific side of the world um, this song is called Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs wonderful I love it <laughs>
broadcasting from the Dundrum Town Centre. This is Dublin South FM. Hi folks, it's Paddy Cunningham here letting you know that you can join me each Tuesday evening for a brand new country music show right here on Dublin South FM. Each Tuesday from 8pm, Country Roads is going to bring you the best in Irish and American country music, looking at that week's country chart and a featured artist. So why not join me each Tuesday evening from 8pm right here on Dublin South FM for Country Roads. The best in Irish and American country music on Dublin South FM with Paddy Cunningham. Greetings 60s fans, it's Jim and Isabel here. Do you remember Opal Fruits, the Rainbow Cafe or the Poolsman? Did you listen to the latest pop record on Radio Caroline or Radio Luxembourg? Well, whether the answer is yes or no, Echoes of the Jukebox puts you right at the heart of the sights and the sounds of the 60s. Armed with a stack of singles, we invite you to join us on Echoes of the Jukebox right here on Dublin South FM, Wednesdays 2 to 3. The Wurlitzer's humming. We'll see you there, gang. Sweet, sweet memories you gave. Hello, Martha Lynham here. Why not tune into Memory Lane, a programme for our senior citizens every Tuesday at four? Or listen back on the podcast section of the Dublin South FM website. We'll be taking a nostalgic trip down Memory Lane with a mix of history, trivia, some golden oldie music and a little bit of banter. That's Memory Lane, Tuesdays at four on Dublin South FM. Dublin South FM. So welcome back to Wellbeing for Everyday Life. I'm here with Emily Barton, our film and movie expert and TV expert. So you're going to tell us now about comedy on the RTE player, Emily. Yes, so I'm going to lighten the mood now. Uh, I think we need to end on an upbeat note. Um, So the RTE player... I've rediscovered um, in in recent times has been updated and it's pretty slick. There's quite a lot of content on it now and they've kind of formatted it in a similar way to Netflix. So there's loads and loads of content on that and binge-worthy box sets, which I'll mention in a second. But honourable mention, laughter is the best medicine for me. I love to laugh and I love if Irish comedy is done well, it's the best. Uh, and we all know Father Ted and Father Ted is, you know, up on a pedestal as one of the best, um, albeit it was made in the UK. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Irish, written by uh, an Irish uh, writer, Graeme Linehan, and all Irish actors. And, and, Arthur, and Arthur Matthews, two uh, Irish writers. Two no. Irish writers. Um, it, was, it was actually voted the, by, by the viewers of Channel 4. It was voted the best comedy of the last 30 years. On Channel 4. Fully agree. Which was against, up against all kinds of competition. Graham Linhan wrote three of the top four. There was also... Black Books. Black Books and the IT Crowd. The IT Crowd, yeah. And then Father Ted was number one. Yeah, genius. Absolutely. So just more's the pity that uh, we couldn't keep Graham over here on our on the Irish shores, but sure, we won't get into that. Uh, but aside from Father Ted, I was going through the RT player trying to find uh, an Irish comedy that wasn't Father Ted and I came across a TV show that I that I saw years and years ago on RTE and I was so delighted to see it because you can't get it anywhere like you can't get it online you can't order it it's called Paths to Freedom it came out in 2000 it is so funny now I'm a big fan of mockumentary and I was mentioning Drop Dead Drop Dead Gorgeous the last time I was here uh, which is another mockumentary in Spinal Tap 
Paths to Freedom is a really, really, really good underrated RT comedy, comedy mockumentary. So it follows two men who've just been released from prison and they're trying to get back on their feet. And they're two men from completely different backgrounds. So this comedy was written by um, our friend Michael McElhatton. The people will know him. He's been in loads of stuff over the years, but I suppose most recently he's known for playing Roose Bolton from the Game of Thrones series. So Michael wrote, not only wrote it, but he also starred in it as Rats. So uh, Michael plays uh, Rats or Raymond Doyle, who's been in and out of prison his whole life. So the mockumentary follows him over six episodes. And at the same time, uh, they follow this other character, uh, Dr. Jeremy Fitzgerald, who's played by Brendan Coyle. And people will know Brendan Coyle plays Mr. Bates in Downton Abbey. So... um, and he plays basically a distinguished gynecologist who uh, living in an affluent Dublin suburb of Blackrock who did a stint in jail for his dangerous driving causing injury. And his wife, his long-suffering wife, Helen, is played by Deirdre O'Kane, who's rarely seen without a glass of white wine. And I think it's probably one of Deirdre O'Kane's best, best uh, pieces of work. Another great actor, Deirdre O'Kane. Deirdre O'Kane is just so funny. Like, she's totally on point. This is just so fun. And the writing is really intelligent. The characters are, you know, this is long preceding the likes of Damo and Ivor and the, you know, the two sides, the, the Liffey and all the rest of it. This is just... It is, it's it's sophisticated and it's funny and the way in which the mockumentary is filmed, you know, I would love, love, love to see Orty harnessing, you know, the talent of, of Irish writers and getting more of this, this kind of um, Irish writing and comedy out there. It's precious. So just to give you a really good flavour of just how good this show is, I have a clip here. So this is um, part of an episode where the camera crew are out with Dr. Jeremy Fitzgerald, who he's trying to re reintegrate himself back into his old life following his stint in prison. And he's out on the golf course with his buddy old pal. Calendar. <laughs> but you couldn't wait to get to August. <laughs> no, 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 no. Joking aside. I mean, that was a dreadful time for Jeremy and for Helen. That was a gross miscarriage of justice. I know for a fact he was barely over the limit. That system's a joke. It's not accurate at all. We have a friend here, Finbar. Now, Finbar would be what? He'd be mm, 15 stone? Oh, 17 at least. 17. Now, if Finbar so much as sniffs a glass of Valpolicella, he's stocious. Out of his mind. On the other hand, the pro who works here, Declan, Declan, small, wiry little fella. Bigger on shoulders. Yeah. Now, he'd be 9 stone? 10 at least. 10, whatever. Now... He'd regularly down eight to ten pints after work and then drive home to British Bay every night. No problem, end of story. I mean, hello. (laughs) Nevertheless, you broke the law and as a result a man is paralysed. Injured. And obviously, Jeremy's very sorry. These things happen. And... Jezo made them a very good offer. And he made his apologies at the time. What offer did you make? Well, I'm not at liberty to uh, discuss that for legal reasons. <clears throat> Suffice to say, it is a very generous offer for uh, someone of their background. You saw this girlfriend at the restaurant. I mean, these people are different. Yeah. I wonder... I'd really like to watch that. It is so good. And there's sort of, it makes you think of um, Ross O'Carroll Kelly a little bit. Like it's that sort of ilk. I mean, it is just 
hilarious TV show. Um, and you kind of see, you kind of follow how the two lads, um, you know, you have Rats who's sort of resorted to, he's been in and out of prison his whole life and he's such a funny character played by Michael McElhatton. You know, he goes from, you know, trying to hold down a job, um, be it a Dublin City Council um, street sweep and he just can't hold it down. I mean, he and he's, there's there's something really like charming about his character. Like you're sort of rooting for him, he, but he just can't help himself and he doesn't get why he's breaking the rules. So you sort of, he's a really lovable character. So he goes from trying to do that to writing poems and trying to uh, reading them on Grafton Street and trying to sell them for a couple of quid and then you have Dr Jeremy Fitzgerald who we hear there with his buddy on the golf course who's sort of trying to put it all behind him and downplay the seriousness of it and he's written this uh, book he's a, a former gynecologist who's now you know not allowed to practice so he's trying to get his book published which is called Women Inside Out and uh, so you know and and it, it, things just keep deteriorating and deteriorating and deteriorating and you know at one stage he's living in a tent in his back garden and he's taking up taekwondo and his long suffering wife played by Deirdre O'Kane is just sort of you know can't, can't really understand what's going on with them but sort of shrugging her shoulders and drinking her vino and it's just absolutely precious so if you an RT player is free it's easily accessible online uh, so if you want a really really good laugh I highly recommend you check out so it's Paths to Freedom Paths to Freedom and it's six uh, six episodes six episodes so it follows the, follows the two guys so every episode it has a little bit of rats and it has a little bit of Dr Fitzgerald so uh, and it's over six episodes unfortunately there wasn't uh, another series after it but there was a spin-off film called Spin the Bottle that came out three years later that Michael McEnhatton wrote which was focusing on the character of rats and him and his band getting his band up and running and on the road sort of a rap band so and that did quite well um, in, in Ireland so it's it's just it's so it's gold it's gold I highly recommend it if you want a really good laugh I would check that out and as well as Paths to Freedom there is loads of stuff on the RT player and again you don't need a subscription it's free and, and there for you to view there's loads of box sets that they have some classic box, box sets there of some shows that I love Frasier for example is on there the full box set of Frasier uh, which is just that that in itself is comedy gold writing is fantastic a bit old school now they have Ali McBeal which I loved the legal drama with Callista Flockhart um, I haven't seen it since it came out so very nostalgic TV watching you have the whole box set of Eeyore is on it and there was gazillions of seasons of Eeyore um, that already always played so they have that up there and some more comedy they have The Savage Eye I love David McSavage and I absolutely adore The Savage Eye albeit I know it parts of it are somewhat politically incorrect but very very funny um, and love hate the, the or she drama that came out a couple of years ago in the clinic so the, the list goes on there's loads of stuff to watch on the or player so I would highly recommend people check that out Okay great and particularly Pass Freedom um, written by Michael Michael Hatton Okay Emily so Anything else you'd like to mention now before we finish? Uh, no, that's that's it now on the Orty player. Um, as I say, there's loads of stuff on it, so you can spend a huge amount of time um, uh, checking it out. And uh, I, I, it kind of leads me nicely into um, the the song that we're that I'm going to play now for you in a minute. So the the uh, we were talking about Father Ted and Father Ted is you know the iconic Irish comedy drama and. 
uh, somebody who was involved with Father Ted from the music side of things was Niall Hanlon from the Divine Comedy. Hanlon. And he is, um, he's the front man and really the brains behind the Divine Comedy. He's the the main writer for the Divine Comedy, the band. And they're coming to Dublin. He's playing in Dublin in October and I'm going along to see him. Where's the, where are they playing? They're playing in the Borgosh Energy Theatre, which I thought was quite an interesting venue. Uh I kind of Mm -hmm. expected that they might play in the Limpy Theatre or Vicar Street or mm-hmm. something like that but that's mm-hmm. Board Gosh is quite a big venue but mm-hmm. he's amassed a massive uh, following over, oh, yes. over his career very popular hugely yes. popular so he's going to be playing that he's a new album out called Office Politics which is hilarious it's all tongue in cheek and it's it's really his lyrics are so clever and they're so, the music is upbeat and it's fun and the melodies are really good but his lyrics are really clever as well and, and this new album is sort of addressing the sort of the, the silliness of, of office politics and all the things that go along with that so um, which leads me nicely on to um, the final song which he wrote for Father Ted and one of I would say one of the best would it be one of the best episodes of Father Ted is the Eurovision episode um, and we're all a big fan of the Eurovision um, albeit I don't know has Ireland lost its its uh, interest in the Eurovision I don't know well we'll never forget the Father Ted episode uh, <laughs> Father Ted and Dougal Father Dougal sang a song together wasn't that right they in were, that episode that's right so they were entering into the competition to uh, to be the Ireland's entry into the Eurovision Song Contest so themselves and some of the other parishes were writing songs uh, in competition with each other and Dougal has this dream about this amazing song and and it's the song about my lovely horse um, and so we're going to kind of go out on a high and uh, we're going to listen to My Lovely Horse by The Divine Comedy Okay, thanks so much Emily So listen, just to recap now we talked about uh, the IT Chapter 2 which is starting coming out on general release in uh, September the Downton Abbey movie which is coming out on general release then we talked about Only the Brave on Netflix Only the Brave on Netflix and then Paths to Freedom on RTE Player and all the other options that are available on RTE Player as well a huge amount of uh, box sets and series available that are free to watch Okay and now to remember that great episode of Father Ted the Eurovision this is the Divine Comedy My Lovely Horse
brother. Uh, What's up? This is hey, a big party, man. Yeah, like brother, like stop. Right up. Mother, mother, there's too many of you to cry. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer, for only love can comprehend. You know, we've got to find a way to bring some love and get here today. Pick it and pick it side. Punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Right on. Right on. 